Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. This time, I wanted to talk a little bit about board of directors interaction and specifically had a question recently about how to approach a board of directors who shall we say has been reticent uh, or reluctant to um, uh, engage on ethics and compliance issues uh, or provide resources so how do you engage a reluctant board of directors Um, We've had some past uh, podcasts, uh, several of the more popular podcasts that have been downloaded the most actually, uh, talk a lot about um, training the board, uh, interactions with the board. If you want to go back through our uh, podcast feed and take a look at those, um, this is not a subject that we haven't covered before, but I wanted to talk about three approaches that you might take with a reluctant board of directors uh, to engage them on a, on c- compliance and ethics, on the importance of compliance and ethics, and maybe um, uh, resources for compliance and ethics if that is an issue. Um, I think the place that we tend to go whenever we engage, uh, not just the board of directors, but a lot of audiences, is what I've commonly called the negative case. Um, if you've listened to any of my podcast before about uh, making the case for compliance, Uh, You know that I believe that the negative case, although not unimportant, should not be the sole focus of your uh, your charge, uh, your 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 attack to try to get uh, some uh, victories for for compliance and ethics in your organization. Uh, The negative case is important, uh, but it should not be the sole thing. Um, I don't. I think that if you are engaging a reluctant uh, board of directors or reluctant reluctant executives about uh, compliance, um, in partic- probably the place many of us go is uh, talking about ridiculously high fines for organizations, ridiculously long prison sentences uh, for executives, uh, and every once in a while, occasionally, uh, somebody who's on the board of directors of some particularly smaller organizations. Uh, you know, those are, again, I, I think valid arguments to make. My experience is that very often uh, talking about high fines and talking about uh, prison sentences and how, uh, how stiff the penalties might be if we have a compliance violation is very abstract. Um, it's not abstract when it's happening. It's not abstract when there's an actual investigation and there have been subpoenas issued to the company and they've had to engage uh, very expensive lawyers, then it's not abstract anymore. But when you are trying to make the argument for resources and for focus, it can be pretty abstract. So I think it's better uh, to to focus on on some specifics and try to make it less abstract. Uh, There are a couple of things uh, I think you can do to do that. Um, First of all is make it real. Talk about pure organizations uh, specifically uh, that have gotten in trouble uh, and talk about the specifics of, of those uh, cases. Uh, if you just are talking abstract about, well, this is against the law and there are penalties, uh, if we violate it, we could be fined, 
people could find themselves uh, with some criminal liability. That's not as, I think, visible or vital as being very specific. And being very specific, if you can, uh, to issues that have come up uh, in your or in your industry and with pure organizations. And that might not be prison sentences and, and billions of dollars of fines, but it might be some a recent regulatory action uh, from 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 a regulator, a state or federal or or, or local regulator. Um, I, I think that you take whatever is going to be most relevant uh, to the situation you find yourself in, even if it's not uh, the headline stuff, even if it's not a Wells Fargo or something like that. You still want to um, make it uh, relevant to the organization uh, you're in. Um, personalize it as much as possible. Again, when we're talking about uh, board members, uh, this is not always true, but in some cases, board members are very isolated. If they're non-executive board members, they may be isolated from the day-to-day. -day, they may be, feel isolated, uh, you know, both both physically and and mentally uh, from from the operations of the organization. So try to try to personalize why this is important. Talk about. Uh, you know, you you have you know who's on your board of directors. Do a little bit of research. Find out what other um, organizations they are on the board of. We'll find out their history. Uh, try to find a way to personalize uh, the importance of compliance based on uh, who they are and where they're coming from, what their roles were. If you've got a, a board of directors that's comprised primarily of uh, CFOs. Uh, then talk about uh, issues in the past that have happened with peer organizations, uh, organizations they're going to be familiar with that uh, involved uh, misconduct by uh, the CFOs and, and, and the danger that the CFOs themselves found themselves in. Personalize it. Make it interesting to your audience as you would with any training or, or uh, uh, presentation on compliance that you would make. Uh, so find out a little bit about that audience if you don't already know. Uh, and, and try to speak to their experiences because their experiences again if they're non-executive members of the board their experiences are, are very very different from the day-to-day -day experiences of those that work for the company or executives for the company and then lastly on this piece on on the quote-unquote negative case uh, uh, you know focus on the the cost to the organization and not just fines, but you know, lost opportunity costs. We talk, we've talked about this before in the context of why compliance is important. So speak to them in a language they understand. Talk about uh, how organizations that are going through turmoil um, can't uh, focus their resources and effort uh, and the expertise of their employees on opportunities, on growing the business. Because we're all about growing the business, uh, particularly if you're uh, working for a publicly traded company. It's all about growth. It's all about uh, moving forward in a, in, a, in a positive way, quarter by quarter. And uh, the best way to kind of reach the heart <laughs> of uh, board of directors is to talk about, uh, talk about those bottom line issues. Talk about how this is going to really affect the business of the business. That's really important. Second uh, a way in, if you will, of the three ways I wanted to talk, to talk about today is um, to uh, talk about 
and this is uh, sort of the flip side of the negative cases, talk about the added value of ethics and use terminology like added value that is going to mean something again to your audience. Talk about uh, things like retention rates and how organizations that have a perceived ethical culture recruit more proficiently, uh, recruit at lower figures, uh, save money on salaries, uh, and retain uh, excellent personnel at a much higher rate. There uh, are studies out there about that. And again, we've talked about this in prior podcasts, so I'm not going to get in too much detail about that. But that's just one example is retention. Um, talk about uh, reputation. Reputation is one where you can have plenty of uh, both negative and positive examples that you can um, you know that you can provide, uh, depending on your or, your organization and the in the industry you're in. Um, there are lots of examples of po positive impacts as well as negative impacts on reputation. Reputation is a valuable asset to almost every organization and has become much more valuable over the last. A uh, couple of decades, and these members of the board of directors are going to be keenly aware of reputational risks. And you have to couch uh, compliance and ethics risk as as a, as a very severe, if not the most severe, potentially the most severe, uh, reputational risk for an organization. They need to understand that and understand how uh, investing in compliance, paying attention to compliance, uh, ultimately can uh, protect that brand. Uh, protect the reputation of the organization. And again, as with um, uh, as we were talking about a few minutes ago, uh, bring in uh, uh, you know uh, situations that have happened with peers uh, to amplify that point. And the last piece of this is is one that should be obvious. It's so obvious that sometimes we just don't talk about it, but it might not necessarily be audio, obvious uh, to the board and to any audience that you speak to. And that's the fact that an effective compliance and ethics program stops violations. Uh, it's one of those, uh, uh, you know, to use the cliche, uh, you can't prove a negative. Uh, but we intrinsically know that having an effective compliance and ethic pro ethics program reduces the incidence of uh, misconduct being observed. We know that because organizations like ECI, that's at ethics.org, when they do their global business ethics survey every uh, every other year, which used to be the national business ethics survey, uh, they uh, show, they've shown over a period of several years now that there is a direct correlation between uh, the perceived strength of the culture of the organization and the lower prevalence of uh, misconduct being observed by those uh, those employees of that organization. Now, is that because organizations that uh, tend to be more ethical uh, tend to, uh, that's just the nature of the organization, they tend to have less misconduct, which comes first, less misconduct in, a, in an improved culture or an improved culture leads to less misconduct? Hard to say, uh, but there's definitely empirical evidence out there that you can show uh, to the board of directors and anybody else that needs convincing that there is a correlation between those two. Uh, and that plays into everything else I just talked about uh, as far as the added value of ethics goes. Reputation, uh, retention, recruitment. Uh, having a positive ethical culture has real bottom line consequences for the organization and not the least of which of those is preventing uh, misconduct, which is going to be costly. Uh, so don't forget that one. I think sometimes we 
we don't think to say that because we feel like that must be obvious that having a compliance program uh, putting resources towards compliance reduces uh, the likelihood of a compliance failure uh, but don't make assumptions you know uh, spell that out in black and white and again there's data out there that you can show around uh, improving the culture of the organization and how that may uh, affect uh, the prevalence of misconduct and then the third thing the third area that I would uh, I would encourage people to consider if they are facing some reluctance or, or reticence uh, from the board or some other audience is uh, when you go in, particularly if you're going in front of business people, have an ask. Have something in mind uh, that is going to be a tangible step that can be taken towards improving the compliance and ethics program at your organization. Whether that's updating your code of conduct or uh, conducting a culture survey or training uh, initiative of some sort or a communication effort of some sort. Whatever it is, have an ask. Have something tangible that you want them to know about that uh, shows that the organization uh, needs something and what that need might be. Have it planned out. Have as much detail as you possibly can. Uh, again, you know, assume that you're talking to people who aren't thinking about compliance uh, as much as we are. The, the, these are not people that are listening to a podcast about compliance. Probably. Maybe they are, but probably not. And so we need to come to them uh, on a level and with information that is going to be relevant and interesting to them. Um, you know, you need to have a ask. You can't um, you can't just sell them on the concept of that this is important and then not have something for them uh, to sign off on or at least have a discussion about. Uh, so have something significant to talk to them about as far as an initiative goes or, or, or some sort of uh, direction that you want to take the program. I think that's really important as the sort of third leg of the stool when you have a reluctant board of directors. So to kind of recap here, I think it's important to talk about the con potential consequences, that negative case, uh, but do it in a specific and not a general way. Uh, personalize it. Uh, find out more about the, the audience that you're talking to and what's going to speak to them, issues that have come up with other organizations in the past that are going to be relevant to their experience. Uh, talk about the added value of ethics. Talk about retention. Talk about uh, reputation and brand value. Talk about what's happened with peers where that has not been taken into consideration. And talk about how an effective compliance program avoids problems. Uh, it's a basic concept to you and I, but it may not be to your audience. And then lastly, have an ask. Have something that you are going to bring to them. Uh, that's already packaged together, uh, you know, a, a, a concept for a, an overall compliance program or initiative or a specific project. doesn't matter, but I think you really need to have something tangible, again, to talk about. I think that's the key to all three of these is, is something tangible. Uh, we some, have a tendency sometimes, not always, but have a tendency sometimes to talk in generalities when we talk about 
for instance, ethical culture. But you need to be as specific as you can about why it's important and what the bottom line impact is for these issues. And that's a way to get through to that reluctant audience sometimes. Well, thanks uh, for joining us again this week. And uh, please, 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 if you have not already, please subscribe uh, to Compliance Beat. If you have any questions or comments or requests for us, uh, we're always interested. You can reach us uh, at compliancebeat.com or moreheadconsulting.com. Uh, if you want to shoot me an email directly, you can always re reach me at eric, E-R-I-C, at moreheadconsulting.com. Happy always to talk to listeners uh, to answer questions, uh, to um, contemplate your uh, recommendations and suggestions for future episodes. So until next time, thanks very much. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.